Hello, and welcome to the Coral Catalog Podcast. Thanks so much for listening in. I hope that through this podcast, you can find choral repertoire that works for your high school and or middle school choruses. This is episode 12, and I'll be talking to Josh Sparkman about his arrangement of Here We Come a Caroling, which is available for SATB. Josh Sparkman is a composer and educator in West Hartford, Connecticut. He has an undergrad degree in music education and a master's in music composition. Josh has served as the composer-in-residence for the New Haven Chorale, and several of his choral pieces have been awarded the Editor's Choice designation by J.W. Pepper. In addition to teaching and composing, Josh also serves as an assistant pastor at Farmington Avenue Baptist Church, where his responsibilities include the planning and leading of the worship services. I hope you enjoy my conversation today with Josh Sparkman about Here We Come a Caroling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Choral Catalog. My name is Matthew Van Dyke, and I am the host. Today, I am joined by Josh Sparkman. He is a composer and educator out of West Hartford, Connecticut. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So um, today we're going to talk to Josh about his composition of Here We Come a Caroling. Um, it's an SATB voicing. Is that right, Josh? There's some divisi in there, yes. but it's SATB. Correct. So, so we're going to talk about his arrangement of Here We Come a Caroling. I think it's great. I've done it personally with my students, and I've also performed it in a, a community choir setting. I think it's uh, a really fresh contemporary setting, and I'm excited to talk to Josh about that today. Um, so before we dive into the music, uh, we're going to do our um, usual non-musical banter uh, that we have on the show, uh, and I'm going to take uh, Josh down some would-you-rather question holes. So Josh, are you ready? All right, let's do it. All right. So, uh, Josh, would you rather be forced to dance to every song you hear or sing along to every song you hear? Sing along. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, not a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Next one. Would you rather travel the world with a shoestring budget or would you rather stay in one location but live in total luxury? Ooh, tough one. Probably travel the world. We, I like to, to visit different places. Is there anywhere that you have gone that you or, or anywhere that you have always wanted to go? Yeah, I say that in in pandemic land right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would love to go to Italy. It's kind of like the the dream for me. I just think that'd be super cool. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. Cool. And then one more, if that's OK with you. Uh, yeah. Would you uh, rather never be able to drink water or only be able to drink water? That's a tough question. Could I drink other things as well? If, or like eat other things? If you, oh, I think you could probably eat other things, but it's okay. either you, it's either you choose water or you can, or you can drink or everything else, else, but never water. I, I would take water. Water's great. The source of a life. Boring, a little boring, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm full water guy anyway. It's like orange juice for me in the morning and water. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. A little all coffee right. here and there doesn't hurt either. Yeah, coffee, coffee, yeah. Uh all right. I appreciate you letting me take you down that 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 weird hole. Um all right, let's uh let's find out a little bit more about you and your musical isms. Um so who is another choral composer who you are influenced by? Um Dan Forrest comes to mind for sure. When I was in high school, I uh was my choir director gave me an album of his music and that was really helpful for me and like I hadn't really experienced much of modern choral music in general um, and that was really transformative for me. Uh, I got to sing his Requiem in college and that was just an incredible musical experience and still just treasure that memory honestly. 
um, and then have had some opportunities to, to get um, some coaching with him and that kind of thing. And he's just a phenomenal educator and just a great guy all around. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I would say he, he's near the top of the list there. Awesome. Love that. I've, I've, I've sang so much of his stuff too. And every time it's just, it, it's, it's almost like no matter what piece it is, it always just feels like this emotion, like burst <laughs> coming out. Totally. He, he's just so good at building tension and providing phenomenal musical release. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Love that. Thank you. All right. One more before we jump into your, uh, into your arrangement. Uh, so what is one piece of choral music that you cannot live without what's your desert island piece of choral music yeah that, that's a that's a tough one for sure um i'm gonna have to go with sure on the shining night by lords and just i sang that one my senior year of high school as well and along with that album i got just kind of opened me up to a whole new sound world that i really didn't grow up with or hadn't experienced much and uh was super influential for me i would say and in, in pushing me um pushing me forward in my composition but yeah just it's just gorgeous. You <laughs> can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Love, love every second of that one. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very, very much for, for letting us know a little bit about you more in that. Um, all right. So let's pivot a little bit and let's talk about Here We Come a Caroling. And now a snippet of Here We Come a Caroling by Josh Sparkman.
So again, as I said in the uh, beginning of the of the interview, this is voice for SATB, and um, and there's some Divisi in there, um, but it but it's very attainable Divisi. Most of the time, it's you know based off of an, an oblique motion of some sort, or um, or in thirds, or something like that, um, which you'll see if you do your research and you look at the composition. Um, so uh, and this is oh uh, this is also published through Beckenhurst. Is that correct? Yeah, back in horse press. Yeah, yep. back in horse press. Uh, okay, so the first question I have for you about this um, is: When was your arrangement written, and was this a composition? Or excuse me, a commission? How did this come to be? Yeah, so it was written in uh, 2016. Uh, it wasn't a commission, actually. Um, I it was kind of funny. I was just I was in in grad school at the time, and working on. I just had a little piano figure I liked. It was this kind of eighth note, uh, eighth sixteenth figure of dun dun da 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 da. And it had just this, it was just fun and I, I liked the way it sounded. Um, and didn't have anything with it. And I ended up pairing it with this text uh, and worked it, it worked, you know, it was kind of the music first, which is not super normal for me. Um, but then I showed it to my choral director for the choir I was in at the time and he uh, liked it and decided to program it um, on the the holiday recital or concert that we had there at the school. And we sang it and the choir loved it and the, the audience seemed to receive it really well. So I submitted it over to Beck and Horse Press for publication. And uh, we, we did some e uh, editing with them uh, and that, that was super helpful. And um, I think it made it a much stronger piece. We had Susan Boersma came in and helped tweak some of the lyrics to modernize those. And I, I think that really helps the piece um, stand out too. Um, and then, yeah, and there it is. <laughs> Very cool. So how did, how did it come to, um publication with Beckenhurst? Did you have, you know, I feel in these conversations that I have with different composers, you know, you always get, the, there's there's the in that you have, you know, who is the in with Beckenhurst Press that you had? So how did, how did it come to, why, where did, why did you go in that direction as opposed to maybe another publication? Um, well, they, they had a, on their website, I think they still do, is just an open submissions. So I just sent it in and, um, yeah, and I, I was familiar with their music. They mostly do church music, so there's actually outside of their box a little bit. Um, they've just recently started a concert series, so this was before they were doing the concert series. Um, but it was a little bit outside of their normal uh, scope for that reason, being more of a concert piece. Um, but yeah, I decided to still send it to them anyway, just to see what happens. And uh, and they, they liked it enough to go for it, and I'm really glad they believed in the piece. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. The, the, the composition commission public pu public, you know, publishing world is, is just crazy. So I always, I always just yeah. want to know about that. Um, yep. very cool. Very cool. I'm glad that you, it was so well received and, and it's, it's come to fruition in this way. Um, so, uh, let's kind of talk about the history maybe of this tune or this text. Um, uh, you know, we're by, um, this, this kind of tune has been sung, for years and years and years in this text, years and years and years, and, and people know about it. So what is the history of this? Yeah, so it's an old English folk folk song uh, that would be sung around the holidays. Um, a lot of settings out there called Here We Come a Wassling. That'd be more the original thing. And so over in England, they would do, um, they would go wassling, and there'd be people that would go from door to door, and they would sing, you know, like we would think about caroling, that kind of thing. Um, they would sing usually trying to get something in return for that, whether some food or drink or something like that. Uh, and then, you know, uh, you know, I think the parallel to, to nowadays is that tradition has continued in a sense, you know, a little bit different, um, but certainly with caroling from door to door, which I think is just it's so interesting that 
we, you know, the culture we live in, it's pretty weird for someone to knock on your door and start singing. <laughs> um, and yet there's this caroling tradition that exists. I don't know how much in pandemic wor world, but, you know, pre that anyway. Um, and that's kind of a beautiful thing that you can, you know, be with, you can have a sense of community and you're spreading love and joy as the, as the song says, come to you and to all your family too. Um, and so that, you know, that picture of the carolers going around and here we come, we're coming to carol and sing and, and spread the holiday cheer uh, is just a, a really neat aspect of that. Very cool. It, you know, it's interesting that you say, you know, that it, in our society that it's very weird for us to knock on a door and sing, but it's not weird to knock on a door and beg for candy, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Halloween <laughs> <the> right <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> just, just popped in my head. Um, yeah. So as you were, you know, when you said that you started kind of with that piano lick, um, which I, I'm such a sucker for the two against three um, in this, I mm -hmm. think it's great. You know, it's, I think that's what for, I think for many um, conductors and, and, uh, you know, p pianists, I think that's what also like gets us with Brahms a little bit <laughs> because you have mm -hmm. that two against three so much. Um, it's just more, you know, it's just an intellectual, tactile, kinesthetic thing. Um, but um, what made you set this tune? You know, when you started with the lick, how did, what drove you from there to this text? And, and how did right. you, what was the, what was the breadcrumbs that got us there? Yeah, yeah. Um, so normally I'm a very like slow, methodical writer. I've got my text. I like to marinate in it and figure it out and slowly refine my you know musical ideas and work with the lyrics. And so this piece was actually pretty abnormal for me in that respect. And that I, you know, I had been working with this look for a little while. And I just I remember coming home, I think it was a Thursday night. And uh, I just kind of sat down and I was like, you know, I would love to just I think it was like October um, that I was working on this, as I recall. And was thinking I could totally hear this fitting with some sort of holiday Christmassy thing, and I needed something that was compound six eight to fit the lick, um, and I needed something that was upbeat and energetic. So I basically just started looking for Christmas or holiday songs that were like that. And you know I'd love to say I like analyzed the text really closely and made this profound decision, <laughs> but it was kind of like you know what this fits my qualifications that I'm looking for, and so I incorporated it and it meshed really well. Um, the, and so I, I spent like, you know, over the course of the next 48 hours, I basically wrote the whole thing, which, like I said, is just not normal for me at all. It just, you know, total brain dump. Um, and then, you know, later on, the, the ironic thing to me is that original piano lick I had actually didn't make the final cut. Um, and that's one of the things that got taken out in the editing process. And uh, what you just alluded to, the three against two, that was kind of the kernel of the energy. Um, cause that was what I was struggling with is how to keep the energy without that little lick because it had some 16th notes in it and that kind of thing. Um, but by keeping the three against two and getting rid of the, the the lick, it still worked really well and allowed the whole piece to be a little bit faster actually and, and make the whole tempo. So that makes it you know um, a lot more fun for the singers to, to sing at a little bit faster tempo than originally we were looking for. So yeah, that's a little bit how I got the, had that musical idea, connected it to the text. And then um, like I mentioned, having Susan add in some some lyrics uh, so one of the original lyrics talks about giving us some moldy cheese and uh, you know, that just, that's not as marketable, I gotta say. So I think she made a nice improvement there. I don't know. When I think of the holidays, it's, it's just, you know, warm fires and moldy cheese. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, my next question, you kind of segued into it already. Um, but uh, in, in the kind of the things that you were talking about with your arrangement about the three against two and the, um, and the tempo and whatnot, but what, you know, 
there are so many arrangements of this tune out there. Um, so, you know, if I was a choral director listening in right now to this episode and I was thinking about, you know, my winter concert or my I, my community chorus and or, or whatever the situation might be, what makes your arrangement different and what makes it unique? And, and uh, you know, I don't want to say marketable, but what makes it interesting to a singer? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, mention the lyrics that that's, you know, it's mostly the traditional lyrics, but have a few new ones in there, which is nice. Um, and then I, I, I think I've tried to capture kind of a modern sound with this, but also retain some of that holiday spice and flair. Um, you know, the chorus has a few major seventh chords and that kind of thing, just to make it feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting myself in the holidays, you know, a little Charlie Brown harmony type thing. <laughs> um, and, and yet it's, but it's mostly those kind of more modern sounds. Um, and then on, on the other side of just, it's got a lot of energy. There's, there's a big vamp bridge type section that builds up and that's, that's really fun, but it also has a, this acapella section um, that, is, that is very homophonic, almost hymn-like. And I, I, I hope that gives it some elegance to it as well. Um, so you've got all the energy, but then this very <laughs> breath of fresh air kind of moment. And I think having that juxtaposition is, is hopefully something that helps it stand apart a little bit. I love that how that middle section. We've been in compound the whole time, and I love how that middle section's in in, in simple. I, I think that's so. I just think that's so cool. <laughs> I was such a I was such a sucker when we read this the first time in that community chorus, and I was like, "This is cool." It was yeah, it was just cool to to kind of have that moment of solitude and um or really really the 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 serenity before we before we mm -hmm. go back to the races and whatnot. So I think that's just so. So interesting. Uh, thanks for sharing that. All right, um, we're, uh, if it's okay with you, it's kind of pivot again and let's dive a little bit deeper um, and kind of understanding the musical isms really, really ingrained in the in your arrangement. Um, so, uh, and I ask these kind of questions going forward as um, as a choral director myself, as a uh, as an educator, as a, you know, and our listeners are thinking about programming and what concepts they're teaching their students, not just, ooh, this sounds good, or my kids will like this, or my singers will will really attach to this. I mean, yes, we want those, obviously, but um, but let's kind of dive a little deeper. So in your arrangement, what uh, what musical concepts do you think that this teach this piece teaches really well? Yeah, well, we've been kind of hinting at it for most of the, most of this, but just rhythmically, I think there's some some really nice stuff that you can work on. Some duple versus triple. Um, the chorus has, you know, and God bless you and, and set and do a happy new year. So just some rhythmic things. I think um, it can definitely be a great uh, teaching tool on that front. Um, is the thing that stands out the most to me. Uh, the, the bridge development section as well, I think that really can work with part independence. There's a lot of weaving in and out and, you know, thinking through, okay, you got this more layered texture and a lot of counterpoint, um, helping the choir to think through, okay, is, am I the most important line right now and, and situating myself within that texture. So um, not only just, you know, on a basic level, I need to be confident of my part because I can't rely on all the other parts, but also just I need to know when I have the most important line or one of the more, most important lines. Yeah, I think that's great. I think it's. I, I think that's a. That's exactly pro the, why I picked it. Personally, I think that I really wanted something that was different than all the other uh, predictability things. I think that normally appear in a holiday concert or something like that. That you get that the duple against the trip. I think I. 
that really caught my students. I think that it's, and it's something that you can teach and they can be successful on, on the first day. You know, if you speak, um, like you said, uh, love and joy come to you and to all. And so, and that's a really interesting rhythm and the aspect in there too. So I think, yeah, rhythmic, definitely. That's, that's really, really great. Um, part independence. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to go through and see if there was anything else that would jog my memory to ask you a question or whatnot. Um, I, th I love the fact that there is, uh, a lot of unison in here, um, but not enough unison to be stagnant. You know, there's, I, I think that there's, it's attainable that you have these sections where they come back together and that you can get this, this communal sound before it kind of roars off the page again with the, um, with the, with the dense, with the density, I think in the harmonic language. So that's just another thing I think that I would add if I was, yeah. 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 Uh, very cool. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the teaching aspect of this, maybe in a rehearsal. Um, so, if you were going to teach this to a choir that you had or that you have done in the past, where do you start? What's what's the hook? You know, and uh, we have essentially one, maybe two rehearsals to have these singers be like, "I want to do this again. I love singing this piece." Or um, so, what is the first place that you start and how do we hook them? Yeah, I mean, you, you could uh, could start from the beginning. That would be one option because it is a big opening and that could be fun. I think I'd probably start at the at the chorus um, and the harmonies are pretty simple there. But honestly, I'd probably uh, like you're saying, teach the rhythm and then have them sing the melody because the melody be fairly familiar, probably. Um, and that will allow them to be successful. And I'd probably, you know, once they've got the melody decently, go ahead and do it with the accompaniment so that they can start to feel the energy that the accompaniment brings. Um, the accompaniment drives the song to an extent. I mean, the part, it, not entirely, the, the parts are obviously really important. It's a choral piece, not a piano piece. Um, but at the same time, I think if the students can hear it with that accompaniment in there, I think that's going to get them really excited about it. Um, and, and just hearing some of those harmonies and that kind of thing. And, you know, depending on the choir, you could possibly also jump right in with some of those harmonies. But if you want to make sure they're going to be successful, um, you could consider doing unison would be one option anyway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think for me, I started right at the very first, uh, tune, I think right at the, here we come, I care. And I think I started there specifically because you have in the span of eight measures, you have a unison that they can attach to, which is, re which repeats itself a little bit, but then you also have kind of this two part, Soprano and alto have different harmony, but tenor and bass are octaving in that. So you get those, you know, if you have whatever your ability level for your students are, that they can automatically glob onto another one and they know the melody. And so I think that's, uh, that's I think, where I started. Um, and then I went to the beginning because it's a, it's it's oblique motion. So, um, so you just have one say, you stay right there, don't move, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, so I think I think that's definitely valid. And like you said, every choir is in a different scenario. Um, if your choir is very proficient, and they are lovers of harmony immediately, then the where to grab them, I think is the is the love and joy section, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Um, in the times that you have taught this or maybe 
clinic this or uh, sung this, <laughs> um, what are some teaching tips and tricks that you have picked up over the years? You know, and we we you said it in the last time that every choir is different. Everyone's going to come with different ability level. Everyone's going to come with different. Um, affinities towards specific musical isms um but you know sometimes choirs tend to fall into certain pitfalls they, they fall into the trap or you know when you were writing it you're like "Ooh, this could be problematic so what are those pitfalls and how do we um how do we see them and and uh and anticipate them for our singers yeah um so one really general thing and then one more specific thing the generally and you know sorry if this sounds too obvious but just energy 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 uh of this you know obviously the big stuff needs energy but conveying that even in the softer sections um the the homophonic section and even just the quieter stanzas and that kind of thing it's got to be constant energy and excitement and because it just needs to be bubbling over so without the energy coming um it, the piece is just going to sag probably in pitch <laughs> as well as in uh just it's, it's going to lose some of the, the intensity and the excitement about it. So just constantly thinking that driving forward and you know, staying on the front edge of the beat, those kinds of things, um, I think are great. And then more specifically, uh, I think it's a great thing to focus on the consonants, especially you've got that, you know, that, that vamp bridge kind of section. Um, a lot of that is just here we come. And so you've got those C's in there. So here we come a caroling. Some of them have the, the caroling with the C. So just really emphasizing that K sound on caroling, uh, I think is really helpful because it helps your your line. You know, there, there's these moments where it's almost like little dolphins jumping out of the water um, of, of the different musical moments and, and focusing on those, but using the consonants to propel you out of the water to, to continue the analogy, um, I think can be a really helpful thing. Yeah, I, I love in that bridge section that you keep kind of coming to that it's just so like it's so vivid and pictorial i think the way that you wrote it you know that that you have the the here we come like in and coming from all kind of you know different parts of the room or different parts of the locale that it's it's mm -hmm. very cool and i and i and that's a it's very complimentary i think towards towards the text and where and what and the energy that you want to portray you know especially coming out of that kind of you know serenity of homophony um that's that, that's that's something really really interesting, um, and, and, and I, I love that. And I think it only just kind of builds upon itself more and more and more and more. And and it's it's easy. I don't want to say it's easy to be energetic in this piece, but there's so much of it that alludes to oh, I really need to be energetic, or it's easy to be energetic and whatnot. So yeah, I val I definitely value what you say about needing the energy and whatnot. Um, all right, we have kind of come to our last question on um, on your arrangement, and it's 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 a broad one again. Just like you know, pick one piece of choral music. You know, the, the impossible question. Um, but what is your favorite thing about this piece? It can be a part. It can be something not even having to do with the ink on the page. You know, what what is your favorite thing about this piece? Yeah, I think it has to be the going from the serenity to you know from you know utter simplicity with just four parts and acapella and the piano drops out to the piano comes back in and it slowly builds to you know increasing complexity of textures until finally the big key change uh and then you know off you go i think it has to just be that build um 
wish I could capture that more often. I, I lo- you know, I'm, I'm really happy with how that came out. Um, but yeah, I think it has to be that simp- simplicity to complexity, you know, passive to more aggressive, etc. Yeah, excellent. Love that. And I love how it goes just back and forth in that. That simplicity, complexity, mm-hmm. simplicity. You know, you have that. You have the complexity of coming out of the bridge, and the simplicty of the unison. Complex simplicity and yeah. all the four parts. The complexity back again. Simplicity towards the. I love that. I think it's great. It keeps. Yeah, it keeps the take. singer on the toes. It keeps the audience on the toes. I. I. Yeah, I'm right with you. I think it's great. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks. Well, that kind of wraps up at least us talking about. Um, here we come, a caroling. Um, as we kind of wrap up our our conversation. Um, on this episode. Um, I'm anxious to hear about exciting projects that are on the horizon for you. Do you have any um, commissions or do you have any uh, musical endeavors that are coming up that you'd like our listeners to know about or that you, or that you are excited about in general? Yeah, you know, excited about that are kind of actually starting to wrap them up a little bit. Um, one, I just finished a book of uh, piano hymn arrangements, so sacred arrangements. Um, that's I've self-published those and I'm that was a big project for me during the pandemic so I'm really glad to get those out there and available um, and then as far as you know in choral wise um, I just today was finishing up looking at some proofs for a new arrangement of Hark the Herald Angels Sing um, that captures some of this energy I hope and uh, I'm I'm really excited about it it's been accepted for publication and uh, that should be out next summer so stay tuned <laughs> we have to wait a whole year for a hark <laughs> uh, I know I guess so but I, I'm pretty excited about it though I think it's it should be a lot of fun for choirs to sing. I love it. I, I'm I'm a sucker for Hark the Herald. So, but but you know my students are always the ones that they confuse Hark the Herald and Angels We Have Heard on High consistently. We get we get into the Carol packet that we do for our senior home communities, and they're always like, and I'm like, all right, let's start with Hark. How does that go again? Is that even though it's the first word anyway? That's personal yeah. anecdote. <laughs> anecdote. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, to get um, mixed up, I have an Angels We Have Heard on High. Too. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, last question I have for you today is, um, if our listeners, you know, do their homework and they go on and, uh, you know, search Beckenhurst press and, and, and like your arrangement and they want to find out more about you, or they want to learn more about other compositions or arrangements that you have, um, how do they get in touch with you? Where, where, where would they go? Um, and, uh, uh, if even if they're interested in maybe commissioning you for a, a specific arrangement or whatnot, where where would they go to find you? Yeah, primary place would be the website. So I've got uh, a website that's just joshsparkman.com. So pretty easy to remember there. Um, you know, there's a contact page there as well as, as some other things. Um, I've got a YouTube channel and then I've got a Facebook page as well. It's Josh Sparkman Composer. And um, yeah, happy to talk to whoever. And uh, yeah, those are some good ways of communication. Awesome. Well, Josh, I want to take, I just want to take an opportunity to thank you so very, very much for talking to me tonight. I was so excited to have a chance to connect with you about this, uh, about this arrangement. And, um, I I really hope that it, it kind of goes through the airwaves and more people know about this. And, um, because it's just, it's just one that I think is, is really going to become one in the vernacular and one in the canon that, that is exciting and it's, and it's, you know, unique and different and energetic. And so again, I want to take an opportunity to say thank you for chatting with me tonight. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Coral Catalog. And I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Josh Sparkman. 
please make an effort to explore more of Here We Come a Caroling and Josh's other compositions to see if any can fit into your programs or curriculums. While you're here, take a second to hit that subscribe button and follow the Coral Catalog so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Let me know what you think of the show too by writing a review. And most importantly, share this resource with other choral directors and choral lovers. We work better when we work together. Again, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Choral Catalog. <laughs>